so horny. From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples and the Unconquered Podcast Hot Takes Edition, immediately following Florida State's 31 to 13 win over NC State, marking the first time since 2016 that Florida State has won consecutive conference games, which is a staggering stat. If you had told anybody at the beginning of 2016 that that would happen, even at the end of 2016, people would have laughed at you. The the trend in this program has been unreal. Uh, and early in, early in this season, uh, even as late as three weeks ago, four weeks ago, after the ULM game, that's four games ago, I was among those saying it, it was unclear whether or not they would be able to get things on track to be able to get things to where they, to where they needed to be uh, from where they were, that it just, it didn't look good moving forward, that the trajectory wasn't good, that the culture appeared really still to not be where it needed to be. And yeah, it, uh, it didn't look very good, but I got to say the last three weeks, there's been, I think a noticeable shift to where they've made some improvements each week, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And, and actually, let's go ahead and start there in terms of, uh, of this game. And before I, before I get any further, I, I don't want to forget to uh, thank my three sponsors. Once again, this is the uh, Hot Takes edition, so I'm not going to do a se- separate read for each of them, but EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, and Garage Makeovers down in South Florida, Palm Beach, Broward County. As always, if you have any needs in those areas, get a hold of them and uh, let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered Podcast. But yeah, let's talk defense. Because the defense that I saw tonight is more or less what I kind of expected at the beginning of the year. I mean, when I talked about the defense being a roughly top 30-ish, maybe a little bit better defense over the course of the year, this is what I expected. And... You know, they they played like a like a, a decent defense. They're they're watchable. And they finally looked coordinated. And over the past three weeks, you can you can see a definite up- uptick each week. They were better against Virginia than they were against ULM. They were better against Louisville, who is a worse team, but still I, uh, in the film session and also in the uh, in the in the podcast after that game. I addressed some places, some specific areas where we saw definite improvement. And today, I think we saw even more. And again, it's a linear trajectory that has gone upward each week, which is exactly what you want to see at this point. And again, they, they're, they're finally looking coordinated on defense, like things are being put together the, the correct way. And in particular, the linebacker play has, has looked significantly better and I don't think that that's a that's coincidental that Jim Levitt happens to have set foot on campus three weeks ago <laughs> I don't think that's an accident that the, that the improvement has coincided with that although I don't want to give Levitt too much credit because I also think and and I've I have this on some somewhat good authority that there's also been that the light bulb started to go on in terms of the players for this new scheme about three, four weeks ago when they started to understand a little bit more after making a lot of mistakes against Boise and ULM 
that they started to understand a little bit more of what they were being asked to do. And then Levitt, of course, coming on board and uh, helping as an analyst, uh, helping de- helping the, the coaches better prepare those players, uh, preparing them to to really make sure to communicate well on some things and all that has dramatically helped this this defense. And he is, he's, of course, helping it on the coordination side and the organization side. And that's really where I think you can notice some significant difference. Uh, I, I would say that the past three weeks, they've looked, especially last week and this week, they've looked more like a top 30 defense or t- even today, maybe even a little better than that, than, you know, than, than what they were in the first few games. The first few games, they were not a top 30 defense. They were, you know, down below, below 90, down in the 100, 110 range. And, you know, that was, that was pretty awful. But there was a lot of pressure on North Carolina State quarterbacks all game. They were able to limit the running game pretty well. I mean, including sacks, 3.1 yards per rush for NC State. That's, that's exactly what you want. Pretty good overall against the pass. Still gave away a little bit too much easy stuff. But Bailey Hockman... 21 for 40, 208 yards. That's that's not a whole lot. I mean, 40, 40 attempts for 208 yards, that's uh that's 5.2 yards per attempt. So that's exactly what you want as a defense. If you're if you're giving up 104 passer rating and, and 5.2 yards per per attempt, you you'll take that every week. And, you know, obviously McKay, McKay was uh, even less effective than that before Hawkman came in. And I don't really think either one of them is ultimately going to be the answer for NC State for what it's worth. But they were able to limit the running game. They were able to, to harass the quarterback, even though they, they only had a couple sacks. But they were able to get a lot of shots on the quarterback, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And they played Carolina State like you have to in terms of you're going to they've tried to force them to beat them over the top and they got beat a couple times but nothing really significant and not enough to to lose the game for you which is exactly what you want to do so again it it's just that much more coordinated and when you're looking at overall once again 14 possessions for NC State 15 possessions for Florida State that's the that's the pace and the number of possessions you're looking for. And, you know, you're looking at NC State, three and out, three and out, six plays, 23 yards, six plays, 18 yards, five plays, 28 yards, then 10, seven, eight. So you had that lull a little bit in the middle of the game again, and then the defense found its footing again, beginning of the third quarter, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then finally, at the end of the game, the defense started giving up a little bit, but that was that that was only in the fourth quarter once Florida State had a commanding lead at that point which is exactly how you want to play. Get the ball back to your to your offense, give your offense more opportunities and let them do what they've been doing. That said, I I thought the offense was less efficient than it has been recently and again, you look at those those numbers, Florida State only uh let's see 5.1 yards per play. That's that's not very good. Uh, that's not the level of efficiency that Florida State's offense has 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 had over the course of this, of, of this season so far, and that's not a great NC State defense. So there's been a little bit of 
a step back offensively in terms of the last couple of weeks, in terms of what they've been able to do against defenses that aren't that great. And, you know, I know a lot of fans out there are excited about Hornybrook. And yes, he did once again move the offense. 29 of 40 for 316 yards, three scores, no interceptions. That's those are good numbers. But I thought he got exposed a little bit today in a couple respects. He took a lot of sacks. He and some of those were really on him. And at least half of the sacks that he took today, and I think it was eight sacks that he took, those were on him. So, yeah, I'm looking at this. Eight sacks for, for minus 45 for, for NC State. About four or five of those sacks were really on, on Hornybrook for not getting rid of the football, for climbing the pocket right into pressure, for, move, for moving the wrong direct, sliding the wrong direction right into pressure, for trying to escape a pocket that was still there. It just, he, he didn't look very comfortable in the pocket at times. And it wasn't always because the offensive line wasn't very good. Now, the offensive line, especially first half, the offensive line, it looked like the 2018 offensive line sort of came back a little bit. Looked like you you had a little bit of a reversion there as well. And I, I'm the bye week is coming at a good time in terms of being able to revisit, rebuild some confidence, maybe get Juwan Williams healthy at the left tackle spot. I thought Bello really struggled today. But basically trying to make sure that they uh, that they get some fundamentals back in focus on, on the offensive line and try to get uh, rebuild a little bit back to what, what they were to, to the quality of play that they had a little bit earlier in the year. Although again, some of what they've been doing has been hiding that offensive line and as teams get more film, they start to notice that, well, you guys don't pick up this kind of twist very well. You guys don't handle this game very well. You know, these stunts, these, uh, these, these green dogs, these different blitz, blitz packages, you guys don't handle those very well. So you're going to, we're going to bring more of them. And so that's something that they're going to have to really take care of during the, during the bye week is some fundamentals and then making sure that they can help these guys understand some of the looks that they're going to see. Cause I can tell you Clemson's going to bring a lot of that stuff in that first game, that, that next game back. Another thing though. So with Hawkman, I thought also, or with Hornybrook, that is, I thought he also showed some limitations in terms of decision-making in terms of some of the throws that he makes. He does do a really good job with, with his touch throws to different levels of the field, but you can see why he's been turnover prone at times. I mean, there were a couple today that he got away with and better defenses than, than, than NC state are going to take advantage of those. Uh, the, the one throw to, to Keith Gavin when he was in the grasp was a dumb throw and NC state was right there to almost intercept that pass. And if he's just a little off on that and yeah, it's a, it's a good throw. It's just not a throw you want to make really close to to a turnover should w- that's going to be a turnover that decision's going to be a turnover 8 or 9 times out of 10 and then the the fumble that they that they covered where he steps up you know goes to throw and then pulls it back and then you've got the ball just 
up there above his head, like eight, eight, eight feet off the ground, just in his hand. And then finally squirts out forward. You can never put, you, you, you just can't afford to put yourself in that position there. And yeah, during camp, he did at times move the offense better, at least from what I was told than Blackman did. And you can see some of that in his play over the last couple weeks, but you can also see that he's all, he's going to put the ball in danger a little bit more often than Blackman at times as well. He's going to, he's going to make some decisions that'll have you scratching your head at times. And I do think that also there were a couple cases where I, I thought it was pretty clear that the team, you can see how a team responds to a guy. And I, 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 I know it's difficult as a grad transfer and all that, but I get the sense that the team, his receivers and so on, don't quite trust Hornybrook the way they do Blackman. And and that matters just in terms of leadership and all that. Blackman needs to be back out there. It's still his team. There are still things that he brings to the table to be able to hide some of what the offensive line does to be able to do some of the things offensively that, that they need to do that he just he they need to make sure that a, that a healthy blackman is back out there. Now, that said, you still I think Hornybrook still deserves to to have a role and still should have a role. The way and and particularly the way Blackman has started games, it makes some sense to to use uh Hornybrook as a as a change of pace, particularly in the middle of the game when Florida State's been bogging down a little bit. Maybe you plan for that a little bit. And then other things on offense, Pokey Wilson really continuing to uh, emerge as that reliable outside threat. Looking at him, four catches for 91 yards and a touchdown, including that 40-yarder right before the half. Just a really smooth player, consistent guy. You'd say, oh, well, you know, maybe he, you know, you, maybe you think of him as a, uh, as a, possession receiver but then you watch him run and you go oh he's just that smooth so he's really developed he's really emerged as that other guy and it's hard to believe that both he and Tamori and Terry who had a very good game in this game minus the one drop five catches on seven targets for 77 yards and two scores that's pretty good especially since they were spending so much time focusing their coverage uh, rolling their coverage toward him that's getting it done but it's hard to believe those two guys were high school teammates in a in small school ball. It's unfair. But overall, again, I think what they've what they've got in terms of weapons, those guys are continuing to develop. I think they're gonna need to you're gonna need both quarterbacks over the course of the rest of the season. And it's really good that when Blackman's not out there, you have Hornybrook. And if Blackman struggles, you have Hornybrook. And then if Hornybrook struggles, you have Blackman once he gets healthy again. And I, I'd been I'd I'd been uh, informed prior to the game uh, on Friday that they were planning on playing Blackman uh, Blackman in that game. I was surprised actually that that he didn't play, but uh, that I guess something had happened uh, on Friday that uh, I that never got passed up the chain. Uh, so, in any case, I think we'll see both quarterbacks as we move forward. Special teams, well. Ricky Aguayo, I think, could end up being replaced, and it's it's probably long overdue at this point. Uh, Growth House kicked the last two extra points, and we'll see how this kicking competition uh, works out during the bye week. But this is a well-timed bye week. Uh, I was at the Clemson-North Carolina game today uh, and got a chance to see 
Florida State's next opponent up close. And yeah, Florida State's going to be a probably 25 to 30 point underdog, maybe more uh, against Clemson, you know, three, uh, four score underdog against Clemson. And they, I think, still are going to be a team that could beat that Clemson team. Do I, will I pick them to beat Clemson? No, I will not. Do I expect them to beat Clemson? No, I do not. But in terms of what they're going to be able to put out there and in terms of some of the weaknesses that I saw from North Carolina or from, uh, from Clemson, that is, on, uh, on the field against North Carolina, there are some things there that Florida State will be able to do that will give Clemson trouble. So it's going to be interesting to see that one. I think from here, if this trajectory continues, and I tweeted this out after the, uh, after the, the Louisville game, if this trajectory continues, I, I, I think it's perfectly viable to, to think that this team winds up getting eight wins. Would I pick them to get eight wins right now? Probably not. Would I, you know, would I make that my projection? No, but there is a clear path to them having a, a decent shot at, at eight wins. And I think that compared to where things were after the ULM game is, uh, is, is big progress. So yeah, well, I'll go ahead and get to the film session Sunday night around nine, nine 30 on uh, Patreon for those of you who are subscribers there. And before I go here, I do want to thank the patrons above the bleach numbers level. And that's Keith Cheney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, and Bert Bertoldi. And of course, my three sponsors, EPR Creations, Lewis Marquez, who Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, and Garage Makeovers from Broward and Palm Beach County. This has been the Unconquered Podcast Hot Takes Edition. After Florida State wins its second ACC game in a row, 31-13 over North Carolina State. I'm Doc Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this. <laughs>